Hey, can you do me a favor? Turn that light bulb on. There we go. That's perfect. Let's wake these people up. Hello, fellow listeners. Welcome to Food for Thought, where we inspire you to think and feed you knowledge that can be applied to your everyday life. I'm your host, Juan Cruz, and today we have a guest, two guests, uh, very good friends of mine, one of them being Fernando Hernandez. So if you can say hi. Hi. And then we also have Leslie Hernandez. Hello. So uh, the reason why I wanted to have you guys here is because Fernando has a master's in applied psychology. So understanding a little bit of the human mind and its distorted thoughts. I always like saying that because a human is never perfect. And Leslie has a bachelor's in social work. And uh, for me, these are very interesting things because um, as you guys had heard in the first podcast, a lot of this is um, I'm basing this podcast and trying to help people discern and have um, hopefully thoughts that are more pure. You know, a lot of these uh, thoughts that come into our mind, and this is kind of what we're the topic that we're going to be talking about today is um, you're, you're more or less fed propaganda so much in your face advertising and you have a bachelor's in uh, Fernando you have a bachelor's in uh, business administration and marketing so marketing they're constantly they find ways to get you to um, you know uh, to to buy things by colors by uh, you know they try to find what's interesting to you to get you to buy it right you know so um, you want to get closer probably to that mic yeah so uh, one of the courses actually that you have to take uh, in order to be able to get uh, a bachelor's in business administration is called consumer behavior. It's called consumer behavior. In consumer behavior, that's all you're looking at. What attracts people to get your product as opposed to somebody else's product? And what's gonna keep them coming back? Somebody that's very good, a company that's very good at, at doing that is Apple. If you see now Apple, everybody owns one product at least that's of Apple and uh, they keep the quality to a certain extent that it keeps you wanting to buy more but they keep releasing new stuff and new stuff and creates this trend that if you don't have the newest one then then you really don't have an Apple yeah and you know what the crazy thing is too is Apple really does not have the top of the line stuff anymore you know Samsung has gotten to the point where they've competed so I mean, I'd say their software, Apple's software overall is better, but the screens are better somewhere else now. Um, the processors are actually better somewhere else now. Uh, you know, the, the, the core processor. So, you know, some of them have like up to 12, you know, core processors, you know, and then while Apple's only got eight, you know. But of course, I mean, it has much more to do than that, but they do. They do such a great job in just getting you every time hooked to buy, to buy, to buy. So to the point that, You've become, we've become so biased. I'm an Apple user, you know? I've become so biased that I, I see Android, I'm like, ah, it, you know? I don't care about that one. Who cares, you know? I'm Apple all the way, you know? But, um, and then also, you know, the reason, Leslie, why I wanted you to have, have you on here. Now, Leslie kind of was um, a little bit uh, not wanting to be on here, but the reason why I wanted to have you on here is because uh, this social work is, is something very important, I think, because society uh, is moves according to what society does you know 
and I have, you know, we have interesting conversations and sometimes Leslie, you bring up things that I'm like, I know you learned that in school somewhere, you know? So uh, you do have a lot of interesting things and sometimes maybe you don't have so much the confidence to really come out and say, you know, cause boom, boom, I believe this, this and that. So you think, oh, what if I'm wrong? What if I, so, uh, cause social work more or less has to do a little bit of a sociology, right? Uh, yes, that's one of the courses that need to be taken to be able to get um, a bachelor's in social work. You have to be able to take sociology um, and know that doing social work isn't just about the immediate help to that one person. It's about how can I help this person to continue to be um, a functioning person in society, but to be able to do that, we need to know how society looks right now and yeah. how it used to look and that this was what was done before, um, but right now that doesn't work. Yeah, and, and, and the reason why I think uh, sociology is, is so much more interesting, I remember being in high school and I had read this book. I forgot what the author's name was. But in that book, he said something very interesting. He said, uh, mankind always wants to fit in. You know, he never wants to be the outcast because back in the days, they used to have, uh, in order for you to survive, you know, and, and mankind has continued to adapt, but in order for you to be able to survive in, you know, before there was big cities, you know, when you were just living as a tribe, you know, and you had your caravans and all these people that would go together in groups, uh, you had to be part of a group. If you weren't, well, then thieves could come, take your land, take your people, take your goods, kill you. So it was always good to be in groups. You know, whenever you didn't do what was good within the group, you were more or less kicked out and then you were fend to survive by yourself with nobody there to help you out. And he explained all that. And then he explained how they did a studies where, where people would walk into an elevator. And I think, I don't know which big tower it was. I think it was the Sears Tower or, or the Twin Towers. I don't know which one it was where they did a studies. And in that studies, they show how they, ha they would put three people inside of one elevator, right? And this was kind of like, not those big massive elevators. It was like one, just the back, back way elevators. And they would mm -hmm. put three people in there. And the three people would turn around facing the wall. They wouldn't face the door. And as they were facing the door and the, the, the wall, another person would walk in and bing, you know, the doors would open up. And then the person would walk in and see that there's three people standing there. Now, of course they had hundreds of floors to shoot up, right? I don't know how many floors exactly there is, but there's a lot of floors. So it takes a while for you to get all the way to the top. So when they would get in there, they would see, you know, that these three people behind them are standing facing another way. Now they knew that the door was right in front of them because they had just walked in and there was no back door. So they saw it and they looked up and then bing, bing, bing. And they're seeing that, you know, as they're going up the floors, these people are still standing around. Every single person, not one, not two, not three, not four, Every single person, before they got to their floor, would turn around and conform to the other three people. You know, so this is something very interesting. You know, so that's why I wanted to get that. There's actually another. Um, it's not a study that, that that was done, but it was actually an experiment that was done. That um, it, it takes that one step further. So in this one, in the one that you were saying, there was a control. So there were three people there that were told this is what you need to do. Um, but in there was another one that um, every single person that was in a waiting room except for one was told this is what you need to do. 
and every time that a bell would go off, they were waiting at a doctor's office or something, and any time that a bell would go off, everyone would stand up. They would stay up for about five seconds and then sit back down. After about three or four times, that one person that was there that was not part of the control would eventually do it. Hours would go by and they would show that all the people from the control eventually would leave until at the end of the experiment, every single person that was in the waiting room now still doing the standing up after every beep, standing up for five seconds and sitting were not part of the control. So now only, it's not only the control affecting the people, but now it's once the control affects the people, the people themselves that were being affected are now affecting everyone else. And so that kind of shows where one thing might, one group or one elite group might have some say, but as soon as they start affecting everyone else, everyone else starts pressuring themselves and it just creates something that they don't even have to stay there for anymore. The, the control group doesn't have to be there anymore for the product, for the, the end result to continue to happen that they want to happen. Yeah, and uh, you know this is crazy because this is kind of why I wanted to have you know you you both of you on here because um, the decision making that gets done nowadays. You know, this is kind of what we wanted to talk about, Fernando, is decision making. You know, it, you are affected so much on decision making, and people think you know, oh, I decide what I want to do, and I you know, but it's it, you know, unless you really, how do you say this? Unless you really have, you are enlightened and you can understand when somebody's trying to change your mind, you don't see when this happens. It just, you know, uh, why do people buy Jordans, you know? Because if, if Jordans were not popular, let's say, let's, let's put an example. Let's say that the, the Walmart brand and one, right? I think it's Walmart brand and one, the cool kids shoes, if that was the popular one, Everybody would be going to get and one and not Jordans, you know, Cause, you know, you'd be waiting, you know, and Walmart yeah. would do it. But the people reason are, why- I'm sorry, people are afraid to to cast themselves out of society out of fear that to be singled out. So that's why and that's why I believe that people generally follow like that. There's all as Leslie was talking, I was thinking of two more experiments that I, I want to kind of bring up. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of uh, the Stanford Prison Experiment. Yes, explain that. Um, I like that. So, uh, Philip Zimbardo, I believe that's his first name. I heard it right now. Let's call him Zimbardo because that's his last name. Um, he, he, in, in in another one, Milgram, Stanley Milgram, they were they were in different studies in different during different times um, to see uh, how people behaved. If people were willing to to follow quote unquote orders and how they would uh, adjust themselves depending on that in the Stanford prison experiment they were taken to a prison um, and uh, they were divided uh, the students some of them were given the task of being guards and the others were were being given the task of being prisoners and kind of the experiment started um, and it's actually you can check you can check the website. There's still a website out there showing, um, I believe, as Ren Simbardo was the one that, that allowed it to be put up, um, that shows the images of, 
of these people because they got to a point. The prisoners got got into into being prisoners so much that it, it, it sort of messed them up. Like they were they were in it. Like we're prisoners. Let's do a revolt. We gotta we gotta. And then the guards, on the other hand, the guards like they were in charge, and they got into this position of we're in charge. You gotta do what I tell you to do. Otherwise, we're gonna punish you. And and they were there were punishments going on in there, and it was crazy to the point where uh, Philip Zimbardo had to stop the experiment. Like it had to be stopped um, because they had they had lost um, exactly what um, uh, they had forgotten that this was just a role playing exactly. Game, and in the other experiment, it was actually pretty interesting. It, the other experiment I, I got reminded of very recently because there there was actually a movie about um, about Milgram's life um, that just came out recently. I forgot the name of it. But it basically starts with him how did he how he developed the experiment. He was um, he was inspired, and I believe Simbardo was inspired as well, by the events of the Holocaust, and they wanted to to see how come these people um, got deceived so much to to the point where they they were about to commit genocide, you know, against um, against the Jewish and. Um, Basically, the the person would be told to come in. Another, um, they were told that somebody was on the other side, um, and they were going to ask answers of questions. And once uh, the series of questions went, every time there was a wrong answer, the person in the other room would get a shock, and it had to be administered by the by the subject. So the subject was administering the 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 shocks but everybody was in on it except the subject like the person inside was an actor screaming oh my god uh, stop stop because the first thing they did, they sat him in the room they they introduced him to the other person and there was uh there was a doctor in the room that kept telling him to continue um and you and in the movie is portrayed very well where at one point one of the guys as, as the intensity of the electricity kept going up, the, the voltage uh, went to the danger zone, he said, he's telling me to stop. We got to stop. And, uh, and uh, the doctor in the room told him, no, you need to continue. This, you need to continue until he answers the question correctly. Um, and the guy said, no, I don't want to continue. And he said, you need to continue. Don't worry about it. This is not your responsibility. We are responsible for whatever happens to him not you and at that point the guy said okay and continued <laughs> like forgot for a second like you're about to administer all this electricity this guy can kill him but this is not your responsibility anymore you're gonna do it yeah you just wipe your hands clean exactly. and you go, all right i'm uh, done i'm good you know i'm good and then boop <laughs> um and in the experiment continued until one person said no i'm not doing this i'm not doing this the person said to stop we're hurting him and then left yeah like a question of morality mm-hmm. You know, and uh, another, it was only one person. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, the, uh, another thing, too, is um, the question of why, you know, why is it that we have such a difficulty making a decision? You know, this is what we kind of wanted to get mm-hmm. into. You know, this is we're all just bringing up, you know, things of cool yeah. stories, you know, yeah. but just to show how 
the, the mind is affected by psychology, by sociology, how we think, you know, we're saying this because to show you that it's so much harder. You don't notice when you're, when your mind has been distorted and you've made a decision, you think it's your decision, but do you really know if it was your decision or are you just, is this just your own thought? You know, so this is kind of what one, you know, why is it? You know, why is it that that people, um, this thought of decision-making is so hard also for some people, you know? Um, and, and one of the things that I truly believe is uh, the confidence that, that they lack is because of love, you know? Yes. Because a child, a child who is loved, you know, uh, for who he is, what's the first thing that happens? You know, he... He, 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 he feels confident in who he is and he's loved for who he is. So he goes out into, into society, you know, and he's been raised with this love that I, my parents and everybody love me for who I am. So they go off and, of course, you know, they, they grow up to be confident children. But the one who's being told, you look ugly, you look this, you know, your hair, your makeup, you're always going to be ugly. Then they lack always, you know, every time they do something, they, they feel like, you know, in the sublime of their subconscious, they're thinking, Oh, like no did I do that wrong did I do this wrong you know is my makeup look good does this look bad you know do I look ugly so when they go off to make a, a, a decision you know they, they, they lack it you know because mm -hmm. they were maybe never loved for exactly for who they were you know so yeah um, this is actually uh, very interesting because many philosoph uh, many philosophers as well as psychologists um, enter into this question what moves men because at the end of the day it's a question of motivation what motivates you to make the decisions that you're making? Um, and uh, like, for example, Freud. Let's talk about Freud for a second. I personally dislike Freud a lot. <laughs> he's, um, he's, he's, this guy really has some genius thoughts, but yeah, I mean, but I, I don't was, like him either, you know? Uh, he, 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 had, he had, himself, he had certain problems that he wasn't willing yeah, to face. The father wound, which is what, I, what they call it. The father mm -hmm. wound, right? If I'm mm -hmm. not mistaken, right? Mm -hmm. He had the father wound. He, mm -hmm. That's why he hated the thought of a superior man above him, you know, because he had this father wound, right? Yeah. He, um, but back to what you were going to say about yes. Freud. Um, he, he defined men in a, in a, in a very interesting way. Uh, he, talks, he talks about what moves men. And he says that there are uh, certain forces that move men to act, to decide. The, the main one is uh, sexual energy. And the other one is a fear of death. I believe there was a third one, but I'm forgetting it right now. Um, it was sexual energy and the eros and the and the and the uh, and, and e the fear. E of death. E eros is uh, Greek, you know the, yes. the the sex. That's what they come yes, from. Sex. But yeah, continue. I just want to explain to the listeners as we yeah. continue on because sometimes mm -hmm. you might say things and yeah. you might think I know you. You know, sometimes you think that everybody's like you know yeah, understands why, all these why words. Why doesn't anybody understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so <laughs> um, eros is a sexual attraction. Sexual attraction. Yeah. Okay. Go continue. Um, the other one's agape, which is a different type of love yeah. uh, that we can talk about later if you want. Um, but so he defines it in this way. This is this is what this is what motivate men through the world and I believe that those are the only things that he got right and actually many many psychologists um, agree with him and take that and, and run with it because it's true 
you see men uh, are capable of doing many many things like you've heard that phrase men are, are capable of doing many things for love and and anybody is capable of doing anything to be able to hold on to their lives being being the physical physical life or the on on take a life you know what i mean like not being humiliated not looking bad in front of the other um people are, are capable of doing many many things to be able to save face and uh so they a lot of people base their decisions on those two things um what what kind of job am i gonna get um uh, what kind of what kind of person i'm gonna be seen with it, this is this is something that i've seen a lot and like especially between middle middle school kids and uh and high school kids not that they're you know yes they are probably thinking about sex but um but they they live their lives really with that and that's what's being uh monopolized upon by by society nowadays like that's what's being advertised you, like like you have to have this you want to be cool you want to be the top dog this is what you need to have in order to be able to um to be someone Another way of looking at this would be um, there's an internal motivation and there's external motivation. So right now, uh, especially like, like Fernando was saying, um, you know, kids that are in school, middle school, high school, even a lot of college students, they're looking at external motivation. So what is going to make me fit in, like we were talking about before? Um, what is not going to um, set me apart from everyone else? But that internal motivation of saying, this is what I love to do, and I will stand by this no matter what. This is the decision that is perfect for me. And I will stand by this no matter what, even if everyone else tells me that it's wrong. Um, so those two types of motivation now, uh, the generations now, everything's external, no matter what. Especially now from your first podcast that you were saying on social media. Everyone has their opinion on social media. And as soon as you post something, it's not, I'm posting this because I want this, I want to be heard. It's now... How, what's the wording that I can put on there? What's the topic that I can put on there so that more and more people will like this? So more and more people will agree with me. So more and more people will give that affection to me that I need. And so that external motivation, the internal motivation has changed completely to external. We don't see people that stand up and say, no, this is wrong. Uh, something as simple as um, if, if, if a a building were on fire, or if you see smoke coming out from underneath a door. Or the example look, that Fernando just gave about the guy, you know, an internal, you know, a you, morality. You look at everyone else around you to see what their reaction is going to be before you even do have a reaction yourself. So that is the generation that's going on right now. For everything, no matter what it is, it's always what's everyone else doing? what's acceptable in this situation and how can I follow that so that I am not on the outside? Because if I'm wrong, then that changes everything about me and I can't go back to being part of the group. I have to always be on the outside and I don't feel comfortable always having my decisions come from my internal motivation. It's easier to have all my motivation come externally and have other people make that decision for me. And, and you know what the crazy thing is too? So there's two things. So one of them, I, two things that I want to touch upon real quick. One of them is uh, the internal external thing is uh, I've, I read two different books. I forgot who the authors were, but they, they explained um, 
that this internal and external and one of them was saying that we need to go more and more internal more and more like it should be all internal and, and another one had had said you know it's important for us you know to be uh, an even of both you know because you go internal and then it becomes all about me 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 and then after you know I got some extra food left Everyone over. Everyone else is wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's just me. I'm it's, right. It's just me, you know? So it's me, 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 you know? And then if there's something left over, you know, it's still me, you know? So, and then you go to external, you know, you know, like, um, and this is something that we, we always see that worked very good back in the day. And now it's, as time has gone by, you know, it's kind of gotten lost, you know, where, where you put food on the table and, you know, this is going to be in the next podcast, a little bit about food and family and eating, but you you put food on the table and you know you have to be conscious every time you serve yourself and when you it, because you look around the table if there's 10 people at that table and then there's one pot of food and you know that that's the only pot well then guess what you have to be very conscious of the food that you're going to you're going to serve everybody and what you're going to uh, eat because everybody else needs to eat too you know yeah. so that's an external decision I'm making this decision based on the external circumstances, you know, so it can't just be because if if that person served themselves only on an internal, then it would be, well, guess what? I'm going to serve myself half the plate because that's how hungry I really am. So I don't care, you know, so and the other thing was uh, there's another phrase. I don't know if you guys have heard it, but it's called do it for the gram. You heard that? You heard that saying? Uh, yes. So I think it started out as do it for the vine, but then vine is not is non-existent anymore. So now it's changed to do it for the gram. Yeah. So people will say do it for the gram. Oh, do it for the gram. You know, and gram the Insta it's for Instagram obviously for yeah. those who don't know the saying it's do it I for mean, Instagram. Anybody into this should know. Yeah. So uh, and it's crazy because you're telling that person don't do it for yourself. Do it for everybody else who's watching so that they can enjoy the decision that you're about to make. see how awesome you are. Yeah, see how awesome. And I saw this, this, you know, and uh, my coworker saw this with me. This one kid was out there, you know, and he's like, you know, you kind of, you know, I don't know what exactly was said because we're looking at it through a window, you know, but you kind of see him kind of like pointing, you know, towards a water fountain. He's like, oh, you know, I'm guessing he was saying like, I dare you to jump in there. And he goes like, kind of shrugs his shoulders he's like like what like i i don't care you know I'll, I'll do it whatever you know so as he's about to run in the guy like puts his hand in front of him and he goes like you know to stop him pulls out his phone and then starts recording him and then he goes do it you know obviously he was doing it for the gram you know what i mean so the external as you said the external motivation you know it's it's for everybody else not even for you mind you he goes, wets his clothes, wets his sock, his underwear, his shorts, you know, and hits himself on the ribs. And at first he's like, oh, you know, it kind of gets out a little bit hurt. But then he sees that he posted on Instagram and, you know, they're kind of looking at the phone. And then he's like, oh, that was cool. And they totally forgot. He didn't even care. He's like, as long as I don't I don't care how bad I hurt. He hit himself hard on that stone on the rib. And he's like, oh, I don't care how bad I hurt myself. You know what? I did it for the grand. People gonna like this. People gonna like it. It was worth the pain that I went yeah. through. But what were you gonna say, Fernando? I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, no, uh, about this decision making. Um, honestly, the 
No, it was on the point that you were saying, and then I was going to move on to the next. Um, on the point that you were saying about about thinking of others, that kind of education is lost in society now because people don't generally sit to eat at the table uh, together as a family, and that's that's been lost right now. Uh, and I guess you're going to talk about that in the in the next episode. Um, but what I was going to say about motivation is that. Um, yeah, there's this is internal, this external motivation because people generally, there's not, there's a lack of, of regulation internally. People, uh, I, I really don't have an explanation for it, but uh, they don't know how to regulate themselves in that way anymore. Uh, how to handle, it's like what you were saying about how to handle rejection, how to handle defeat, things that were meant to make you stronger in society that was viewed as positive. Yeah, you hurt yourself today, but come back tomorrow you're gonna do and you're gonna do great. That's been lost in society one hundred percent. And and that's the problem with today's youth. Um and I'm gonna rant a little bit now because uh this past week was the was the first week of the uh, of this uh this term of this term that's starting now, the fall term. I'm in school. I'm a financial advisor, as as well as, uh, as other things. But um, the one of the things that I that I saw a lot, and uh, honestly, I I was at first I was surprised, but then I wasn't at the same time. Like I met with with a couple of kids that oh I want to change my major. Well, why do you want to change your major? Like you can't change your major now. You graduate next year. Um, you can't just switch from medical to business. There's a bunch of courses that you're going to have to take now. Instead of being a junior, you're going to be a sophomore or a freshman. And it's going to cost your parents a lot of money. Well, uh, all, of my friends, uh, all of my friends are taking these classes and I want to be with them. So I want to switch my major. And uh, it's, it's surprising how instead of thinking about, well, first of all, thinking about the poor parents that now are going to have to cough up all this money um, for them to be able to for them to, to be able to switch, um, they're thinking, oh, I just want to hang out with my friends. And then other situations I saw where students would would come and try and justify why they failed certain classes, knowing, knowing full and well that instead of being in class, they were sitting upstairs um, playing video games, sitting in the student center playing video games instead of, uh, instead of being in the class because they're not thinking about their parents. They're not even thinking about themselves. They're thinking about I want to be with my friends. I want to have this moment, play video games, whatever. Not thinking that for, for each class, for example, it, it, they're, they're, they're spending like $100 an hour. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. If somebody was getting paid that, um, would they really blow it off? But these kids nowadays, I don't know, I really don't understand uh, what motivates them to make those kind of decisions. And I, and I chalk it to that, to a lack of, uh, to a lack of regulating themselves. Uh, people people are incapable nowadays to be able to make a to make a conscious decision. Well, you, you know what thing is is that everybody now, and this is the interesting thing. Every single person now has grown up to think me me me. Psychology, many psychologists, when there's a cup a, a problem within the um, within the matrimony within the the uh, marriage, you know. Uh, the first thing that the psychologist says is take some time for yourself, you know. He, the psychologist doesn't try to help them to learn 
to cope with the situation and to learn how to fix it. They, instead, they, they tell him, take some time for yourself. Go to the spa. Go read a book. Go look at this green grass. Go think of the world. Go drink a coffee by yourself and take two hours. You know, They don't teach them, how do I solve this problem? You know, how do I solve this scenario? Why, do, why is there so many divorced marriages? Because they have thought internally, you know, it's all about me, me, me. And I need to fix myself. Let me deal with myself. No, what you need to do is learn how to fix the situation. But because society is trying to escape suffering, you know, many people don't understand that suffering makes you stronger. It makes you better. It pushes you to, to do things that you would never do. You know what I mean? And, and it, it, it helps you in so many ways. But since society, since a child, you know, they've told you don't suffer, don't suffer, don't suffer, don't suffer. Now this moment comes within the marriage, you know, or within this mat. They say don't suffer, don't do this. You know, what do you what do you need to do? Go take time for yourself. Don't cope with this. Don't deal with that. You know, and this is what you do. And it doesn't just happen in marriages. It happens with friendships. It happens with aunts and uncles. It happens with mothers. It happens with daughters. You know, what do they do? They tell them. Uh, don't suffer. So I don't want to suffer. I don't want to have to deal with all the stuff you told me. So you know what? I'm just going to stop talking to you. Let's end this friendship. Let's. And that's not love. You know, that's not true love. When, when love is willing to do that, a father is willing to break every bone in his body, drop every blood, sweat, and tears to feed that family. That's love, you know? That's, and he has to suffer in order to do that. But society says, no, don't do that. Or you don't have to take it. It's not only, I don't want to deal with it, I, I don't want to, you know, confront. It's, you don't have to take that. You know, take, take time for yourself. Um, take, uh, you know, I need me time. We need space. I, in, when I was in, in high school and college, that, that, I hated that phrase. Whenever my friends would, would say, oh, we're just taking space. What does that mean? Space just pretty much means I can't deal with you right now. I need to do things on my own and see if this is something that we want to do. And instead of just saying this is not working and because of, of, of who we are, it's just what, what I was really trying to say was that it's right now it's not just the I don't want to deal with it. It's you don't need to take that. If you if your family is not treating you the way that you think that they should treat you, you don't have to talk to your parents. You can move. If you know um, the your significant other who you're married to um, is is not even you know abusive, just they're not. They forgot our anniversary, and then all the girlfriends. Oh, I can't believe that, and this, and you don't. You shouldn't take that, or you know. Oh, I, I can't believe he he said this. Or, you know, it's, and then it's everyone else has an opinion about it. You don't have to take that. You don't have to take that. You can leave. You can, you don't need to and this. And, and, and there's also, so many movies that do that too. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, and right now it's, it's being glamorized in leaving, in um, doing your own thing and taking your own time in trying to push the problem under the rug as long as possible to keep up appearances until 
something happens that breaks everything, that gives you an excuse to be able to leave, everyone will band with you so that you can leave, and then that's, that's what happens. Instead of trying to see, I love this person, but it's not I love them because I feel all nice and you know mushy inside, but I choose to stay with that person because I'm choosing to love them. I'm choosing to, even if I don't like them, to love them by figuring this out, which is not what psychologists unfortunately do now when a couple comes in. They do what you were saying, where you each take your own time. Have a girl's night, have a boy's night, do your own thing on each side, have, have a night where both of you are far as far away from each other as possible. And then you won't fight. Why? Because you're not talking. Yeah. That's and, why. And, and the worst part is, is that's so, so dumb as, as to, to, to be able to, to do that. I mean, here and there, like maybe once every blue to take a moment for yourself is fine. Once every blue moon, once every Haley's Comet, it's okay. Really. <laughs> but the problem is, is what happens after? You know, what happens after you've taken that time? You're gonna confront yourself back with the same problem because you never ever solved it. You're just gonna go right back to the same scenario. So why not just fix it and then come back and while everything is still fresh in your brain? Because then you come back from the fight and you start talking. And as you start talking to each other, you think I let it all out. But truth be told, you didn't because you forgot about some things. So then. 10 days later, you thought about that one thing that you forgot to say and it kept eating you up. But because you decided to take the time and to go off, right, and to fix and, oh, let's get the girls' night out or the guys' night, you know, you, you, you kept, instead of keeping 100% of all the problems that were in that relationship, all the 100% of all these things that were bugging you about them, you only kept 60% of it. So in the other 40%, you're going to remember the rest of the day. So to, to not fix it right there, instead to take your time, is the dumbest, dumbest, I mean, I cannot even emphasize how dumb it is to not fix it right then and there. Well, the other problem is, is that as soon as you get into another confrontation, you're just gonna take more time. And so 10 years go down the line, and then that's when you hear people saying, oh, we were strangers to each other. I didn't know this person. Why? Because you weren't sitting there talking to this person, seeing them change. People change, but if you're there with them changing and knowing how they change, that's how you build a marriage. I don't know how we got onto this conversation, but uh, that's how you build a marriage is by being with that person and being able to adjust and change with that person, not just taking more and more time where 10 years go down the line and you have no idea who you're, who you're living with. Yeah. Now, uh, just for a quick reference, because I don't think we said this, no. Leslie and Fernando are married. <laughs> In case you can't tell. In case you guys can't tell. So if they start punching each other in the middle yeah. of this podcast. She keeps scolding yeah. me off. We're going to have a yeah. problem. Yeah. No. And, and you know, but, but you know what? As we were talking about this, this is the other thing, too. Because, you know, uh, people think, why do I need to take it? Why should I have to take it from this person? You know, because you know what? The truth be told is, um, is we're human. And if, and if we forget that anybody can make a mistake... And that people do things, maybe not intentionally, you know, uh, then, then what's the point? You know, how will somebody ever feel loved than when somebody can sit there and just let out emotions and let off, blow off steam and somebody not take it personally? You know, that's when the other person can look over and say, wow, like I just let off all this steam. But truth be told, we can't let off steam anywhere. Why? Because wherever we let off steam, people decide to take it personal. They go, oh, you're talking to me like that. You're doing this. You're doing that. And 
that's that's it's dumb. We we shouldn't have to think like that. That's what marriage is. You know, people. You you said something very interesting. You said, you know, people say, oh, we never got to know each other. People who 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 are constantly with each other uh, will always fight. Why? Because you you're getting to know them and you're seeing all their flaws and you don't like certain things. And you know what? That's what it is. That's what it is when you're living with somebody, when you're dealing with somebody in a marriage. You're constantly talking with these people, and in talking with these people, what happens? You know, you you begin to communicate. But what if you don't ever decide to just take it sometimes and deal with this suffering and deal with these problems? You're gonna be left alone. You're gonna be left. Nobody wants to be your friend. You know, because friendships are constantly, and, and this is something very dumb that people don't stop to think about, you know, because society tells you, you know, oh, there's problems in your marriage, get divorced, you know? If there's problems in a friendship, do you say, stop the friendship? No, you don't, you know? So why would you say it in a marriage? Why would you ever tell somebody, there's problems in your marriage, just cut it off, get divorced, stop it? No, learn to deal with the situation, because you know what? If you take that, that mentality, to everything you do, you'll never have friends. You'll never keep a job. You'll never have a marriage. Yeah, sometimes you have to learn how to take it. That's why uh, this guy said, um, you, you guys know uh, Mr. Bean. I, his name is, his last name is Atkins. I forgot what his first name is. But um, you you know the actor Mr. Bean, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So he said something very deep. He said, many people were living in a society where people uh, can't, can't they say I'm intolerant? I'm intolerant towards your intolerance. That's the only time I'm. I'm not intolerant. I'm only intolerant towards your intolerance, right? But this is something Rowan. very yeah. Rowan Atkins, right? He says I'm only intolerant towards your intolerance. So this is very dumb because think about this philosophy real quick. If you're only intolerant towards somebody else's intolerance, that means. That you believe that your opinion is right and, and his opinion is wrong. But your opinion is not a fact. It's just your own thought. So that means you're saying my thought is right. Your thought is wrong. But that's just your opinion, your thought towards their thought. So tell me this. You know, what makes intolerance? So he said the only way to be able to, to help this intolerance, this uh this being able to say whatever you want and people not being offended or take it, you know, you know, uh, personal is to put out more crazy thoughts. Because when you have a child, right? And let me explain this real quick. When you have a child, you don't say keep him clean everywhere. Why? Because the child needs to get himself dirty, touch dirt, touch bacteria, touch germs. So his immune system can grow strong. But the problem is we're, we're building these children nowadays to be weak to be weak exactly because no 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 no, no don't say nothing to him no, no no don't do this no no don't do that no no don't, don't no don't offend him don't do this oh no the people are talking like this. no 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 so what happens is now the kid when he grows up he can't tolerate intolerance because he thinks that his opinion is right so what if he what if this kid says you know i think just an example, because this, this is what happens in general. I think that this wall should be blue. You know? I think this wall should... But the other one says, I think it should be green. And then the first one says, no, it should be blue because... And he breaks it down in a psychological way because it helps to tone and we could be calm. And it goes better with all the, the, the stuff and all the, all, the, all the decorative pieces. 
And then the other one says, no, I think it should be green. Well, why? No, because I think it should be green. He goes, well, I'm intolerant towards you. I'm intolerant because mine makes sense. Yours doesn't make sense. So I'm intolerant because, you know, and the other one goes, no, you, he goes, I'm intolerant towards your intolerance. Well, they're both, they're both opinions, you know? So they're both, you know, to be intolerant towards intolerance is the dumbest. I hate when people say that I'm only intolerant towards intolerance. No, that means you're intolerant because you think you're right and you think he's wrong. But who's to say that you're right? Because that's just your opinion. And this is his opinion. He's got a right to have an opinion too, whether it's right or wrong. That's, that's his opinion. So for you to say that you're intolerant towards him, that means you're saying, I don't like your opinion. So if your opinion doesn't fit my opinion, you're wrong. I mean, and this, this, this um, conflict that comes up, then uh, unfortunately it stems, it, it grows into relationships of, which is what I call it, relationships of convenience, which is I'm your friend because we think alike, we don't fight, we don't have, you know, arguments about things. And if we do, we, you know, shove them on, you know, and we hide them and we don't think about it. And so these kinds of, you know, contradicting opinions, having debates with friends and having friends that have different opinions on, on things, on uh, political stance, on, on all of this, um, that you don't see that anymore. You don't see that. You don't see, and that's another reason why, you know, it's, it's even marriages of convenience. This person, uh, I like this person, I think they're nice, they're cute, I like their family, okay, let's get married. But then as soon as anything comes up, it's not convenient anymore to be with you. It's not convenient for me anymore to have to deal with this. So I'm gonna leave because I don't want to be inconvenienced. I don't want to, like you were saying, have to deal with your intolerance. Yeah. and. Well, you know, let's get back to the decision-making because I don't even know how we got Just here. one thing about this. Yeah. This, is the, this is the craziness about today's society because this is somewhat of a social paradox, if you, if you will. People are selfish, individualistic. Wait, wait. Explain this, this, a social paradox because I know a lot of people, so explain that part so real quick. Paradox in the sense that it, it, it contradicts itself. It doesn't make sense together. Um, and, and this is what I was going to go into. People are so individualistic and, and so into set in their own ways and don't contradict me. I'm right. You're wrong. But yet, they do everything to be accepted and to be liked and they want to be part of a group. And, but I think, I think the problem is they want to be part of the group, but everybody wants to be the chief. Nobody wants to be the Indian. And that's, and that's really the problem. But that, there, there's that social paradox. You have all this individualistic action. Everything about what people do nowadays is very individualistic. It's me, I'm right, you're wrong, don't contradict me, but then at the same time, love me, accept me, be around me. Don't contradict me, I, like, I, I want you there, but please don't say anything, just smile. And that's, in, in, in that's really a problem with today's society, with, um, where before, and, and this is something, I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm not from, from America, but when, uh, when I was little, my dad used to tell me, you got to be friends with people that could edify you. Yes. Be, yes. Make friends with people that if you want to get better, for example, if you want to get better at soccer, be friends with the best soccer player in your school so that he can teach you how to be a good soccer player. 
or it 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 that's that's like the the base of it. But my dad used to say, "Be friends with 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 smart kids, kids that that actually know what they want, so that it kind of rubs, so that it would rub off, you know, so that so that you can help each other, so that you both going the same way. If he if if you are a B plus student and he's an A student, be friends with that guy, so that so that he can show you how to become an A student. And you know what? And and don't forget the friend who's maybe that C, D student, you know? Educate them, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, make friends with the A student and then educate the C and the D student, you know? But the problem is we, we're so selfish. We're like, I'm going to get smart with this guy and then if my friend comes along, you know, uh, I'm not going to teach him because I, I, I want to be smarter than him. You know, we're... Um, I forgot who says this, you know, um, we're always okay with somebody's success as long as it doesn't exceed our own. Yes. You're okay that this person's, you know, if I make a million dollars and you make, you know, let's say 60 grand, I'm okay with you making 60. I'm okay with you making 400 grand. I'm okay with you making 800 grand. But once you make 1.7 million and you've exceeded my million, now I'm not okay with your success because we're, we're selfish. I think that that's the basis of, oh my goodness, I think it's E-Trade, the company E-Trade. That's what they base all their commercials on yeah. is, um, you know, someone looking at Instagram and, oh, this person this and look at look at so-and-so and, and how, you know, um, they, they have so much money to take vacation and this and that, um, you know, you're happy for them, but, you know, you wish that you had more than them. And then it's like an E-Trade. So, you know, invest so that you can have more money. So that's this basis. And people think it's genius because, you know, oh, that's right. Or they think it's funny, but then, oh, wait, that's not a bad idea. Because, you know, oh, my friend just got a house. Okay, I need to get one bigger. Not because I want a bigger house, but because I want to say, come to my house. It's bigger. It's nicer. It's this. It's that. I've exceeded your success. And and, and this is something, you know, on the decision making, this is your like kind of, you know, one of your things in marketing that you have, you know, Mm -hmm. is, you know, um, I want to bring up a, a, a cool thing. I think you've probably seen it, but for those who maybe who haven't, um, uh, seen this they did a long long time ago when they were making um uh i forgot the films when they, I, I, I think it was a tape that they called it right films when, when they were done through tape i think films. it was I, or i forgot what it was the exact name but anyways so when they were doing they said what we're going to do is you know because um, that that film back in the day you know you could clip and cut a little and insert and insert one little image in between, you know, subliminals, subliminals, subliminal messages. I think Mm -hmm. you know where I'm going with this. So what they did was, is they had a whole commercial before the movie started. And then they put, you know, it was just, uh, like, I forgot what it was. It was, it, it was like some popcorn dancing or something. And in between, you know, uh, they put, uh, go, you know, little quick images so quick that the person wasn't even able to catch it. They did quick, 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 I mean, fast images that the person was barely even able to see it. You know, go buy food at the concession stand. And it was so quick that you could barely read them. But in between each one of those, as the movie would pass by, you'd see a quick little flicker. And it would say, go, buy. And then people thought, oh, well, it was, it was the, the dancing popcorn. They said, all right, let's try it with something else. 
And then they did it with other things, with other commercials that had nothing to do with the concession Coca-Cola stand. Coca-Cola used to do yeah. that. Yeah, they would do it with other things, you know. It would be a commercial of who knows what, another preview of a movie, and they would put in between, go buy popcorn at the concession stand or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. The image quicks real, real quick. And you can look this up, YouTube it real quick for all those people on listening to this podcast, you know. And you'll see it. And they saw that there was a 70% increase and a lot of, they asked some of the people at the end, you know, uh, they would wait outside and say, why did you buy it? They said, I don't know. I just, I just had this urge to buy popcorn. So I did. Are you hungry? Well, I mean, I guess, you know, they're like, but I wanted to buy some. They said, oh, okay. You know, so, I mean, it's interesting. Dude, it's, it's crazy because I've seen some experiments with that. And actually to the point that you were saying, some, some places go as far as to like release. I don't know if you've noticed that you've been in a theater inside the theater and it smells like popcorn and maybe there's only one person eating popcorn but it smells like strong like popcorn that that's an artificial smell that they release so that you want to go buy popcorn yeah actually if you go if you go down and you guys just recently went to disney so you guys probably know this and i think i probably told this to you guys before you guys left so um if you go down to disney in disney world when you're going down main street now disney world is cool so i'm gonna be in california hopefully in a few months you know and hopefully i'll be able to do a podcast in cali with some cool people that you know i know out there so but anyways but you go down to disney world in florida and you're walking down main street and then you like you're like yo i'm getting the whiff of cakes you know or cookies you know and you start looking and me and my wife you know we had the kids and they're like passed out so you know, out of curiosity, we're like, where's that smell coming from? So we're running around with the kids, like going into each store, like, like, damn, this is a picture store. It's not that. Then we'd go into another place. No, this is all candy. That's not cookie smell. Then we'd go into another place. Like, no, that's teddy bears, you know? Then we'd go to another place. That's jewelry. This person. We kept doing that. And, every, and then come to find out, we look and at the bottom for all, everybody who's, who's listening to this podcast and is going to Disney World. You have to, have to look to know what I'm talking about. You'll see on the sides of the buildings, they have a little hole. And that little hole has a whole bunch of little holes in it. If you stick your head, I mean, you're probably going to look like a crazy person if you do this in <laughs> Disney World. Everybody's going to be looking at you weird. But you got to kind of get down on all four hands and knees. And you smell it. And you smell that smell. The smell of cookies, cupcakes, cakes, you know, all these different baked goods. And you're like, they pump the smell into Main Street. So, what? So that you'll go out and buy candy. Because you do. As soon as you smell it, the first thing my wife thought, and you know, my, I think my wife was pregnant at the time when we went. And she's like, oh my God. She goes, I want some cake. So that's what we're doing around. Going around looking for this cake. But the smell, that actual smell that they were pumping in there, which yeah. Disney, did, put, any, anybody from Disney... Senses. If anybody from Disney is listening to this, they got to... We got you. Yeah. Listen, you guys, whoever's listening to this from Disney, right? You have to... Whatever smell that you're pumping out there, you have to make something that is that smell. A, a, a candle. I don't know. Some cookie something. Because I went around to every single one of these uh, different stores and there was not a single item in any single one of these stores that had that smell you know but that's 
that's that's what changes your mind you know this is what changes people you know to to want to make decisions you're not making that decision because deep inside you're hungry you're making that decision because there was a smell that got pumped into the air and this is what happens you know you you do things because you know other friends are doing it you know and, and and this is an example that happens with you know sisters with brothers with friends somebody buys something and immediately you want to buy something you know you're in so much debt and it's all because of companies companies that have begun to you know transform you and and put all these things in your in your face constantly you know like that 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 movie uh, uh the joneses you know yeah they purposely would put somebody inside the, this is a movie i'm not saying this really happened so don't take me as like a conspiracy theorist <laughs> with like visa and you know yeah you know no they no, no. i'm not saying that but in the movie the joneses they put somebody in there and they give them the best audi and then the guy next door is like damn i want that and of course he's not gonna go buy the same audi he's got to outdo this guy so he's going to get himself into more debt because he can't afford to pay for that Audi. You know, he could probably afford to pay for that Audi, but to get the better Audi, he can't afford it. So he's got to get himself into extra debt, you know, just to be able to get that just one. to be able to get that one thing, you know, and this is what we do constantly. And this happens in the movie, but this is what we do constantly. You're buying something not because you truly want to buy it. You're buying it because society, you know, and this comes down to the concept of love. And this is uh this is kind of more or less the story of Christ, you know? I'm going to throw a little bit of religion is this. The reason why people say, you know, uh, well, why did he hang out why did he hang out with prostitutes, alcoholics, tax collectors? You know, back in the day tax collectors were the worst. They were worse than rapists back in the day. Worse than prost tax collectors was like the the bottom of the barrel back in those days. They were the worst. You know, they were the worst of the worst. And people would say, "How does he hang out with and, and, and he didn't care. And the reason why he didn't care, and many theologians say this, is because he understood that God loved him more than anything. He had so much love for him, and he was so confident of the love that God had for him that he didn't care what anybody else thought because the only person that he cared about was God's love, you know? So he didn't care what you bought, what you wore, what you thought of him because he was like the only one that i care about is god's love and i know that he loves me for who i am and this doesn't need to change me yeah um there's I mean, something that that people are really not aware of because if you really sat there thinking and, and really uh internalize what you've just said right now i was talking to somebody the other day and they were uh, explaining to me a situation that they were going through and i was trying to contain myself so bad not to go into what i call quote unquote a religious rant because that's what i was gonna i was gonna give them a word right there um but i, I contained myself because this particular person doesn't believe in god but i really wanted to and i hope you're listening because i'm about to go into it once you once you understand that God loves you to the point that he gave his only son for you. Not, it's, because it's very beautiful to think for the world in general. But no, for you by name, for me, Fernando Hernandez. Uh, it really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if my parents don't love me. Or, or don't accept me for who I am, or if my wife doesn't accept me for who I am, if the world doesn't accept me for who I am, there's one that's more important than, than all, and bigger than all, that loves me. 
and with that alone, I, I'll be fine. And that's the that's truly once once you enter into that love, knowing that love is how you're able to love your wife that you can't stand, to love your neighbor that you can't stand, to to go into your can you, can I say shitty? <laughs> to go into the, I mean I might have to cut that out, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> to go into 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 your place of employment that you maybe don't want to be there. To, to, to see the people, people constantly over and over again, to have to deal, because working, let me tell you something, working in customer service is the most difficult thing in the world, because you have to deal with people's personality all the time. How can, how can you do that and still keep a smile on your face? How? By, I mean, and you know this because of your, your type of employment, and, and my, we deal with people all day long. Um, how? Because we know for a fact in our heart we might forget sometimes, but we know in our hearts that there's one that loved us to the point that he gave his life for us. Yeah, and, and you know what the crazy thing is? So, um, I'll wear things and I'll do things. Like, so, I, I sometimes I wear plaid shorts because I'm like, yo, I'm not going to throw out my shorts just because everybody, you know. No, I'm not wearing them right now. I don't know if that's what you're looking for. But Fernando looked under the table real quick to see if I was wearing them. But <laughs> but uh, uh, I sometimes wear plaid. And plaid shorts are dated. They are. They're from like 2007, you know, and nobody really wears plaid shorts. But I'm like, yo, those plaid shorts still fit, and they're still good. And I don't care what anybody thinks. Like, I'm not going to throw them out just to, just to conform to what society is telling me to do. And my coworkers, they'll make fun of me. They'll be like, oh, you know, you and your picnic table shorts and everything, you know? And and it's funny. It cracks me up. And I, But I'm like, you know what? I could care less. I don't care what you think. You know what I mean? I'll buy Walmart shoes. If I like them, they fit me good. I'll buy Walmart yeah. shoes and I'll wear them. You know what I mean? I could care. I don't care, you know? I'll buy whatever. Whatever fits best for my money. Because I got to think about my children. I got to think about my wife. I got to... I'm making a decision based on others for my life, you know, the people that I care about. So I'm like, I could save money there. So there's no need for me to do that. So I think to myself, you know, what do I care? You know, and it's exactly what you said. You know, I know that I'm loved, so I don't care what anybody else thinks of me. You have that balance of internal and external motivation, which is exactly what we were talking about before. But for you, that internal motivation uh, has a foundation in your love of Christ and in Christ's love for you. So you have that balance where you take into account your family and that's your external motivation. But then at the same time, you don't care if someone externally, someone from your environment says something completely different because you have that strong balance of the internal as well to know that I am how I am and that there is someone that loves me in that way. Yeah. Well, see, and you said that you couldn't apply things here, man. That was good. I like that was deep. And that that's what everybody hopefully in this podcast can listen to this whole internal external a balance of both, you know, to learn how to to keep this. There's a a book that I read recently. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I'm Unless he's laughing, because... <laughs> listen, listen, if I'm not mistaken, I think I read that book. Go ahead, go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good, yeah. By Dale Carnegie. Um, the book was developed based on some classes that he was giving. That people look at it like it's rocket science. I read the book, and the dude was literally talking about stuff that 
It's pretty much saying, stop being selfish for a second. Like, I'm about to give all of you the, the gist of it. You don't have to go read the book. Stop being selfish for a second. Get out of yourself. Put the other first. Start thinking of the other. And the other is going to like you and accept you. And you're going to be able to do whatever. You're going to be able to, to pretty much own the world. Because you're going to have the world in your hands. Because what is, and, and something that, that he said that, that was crazy, if you really think about it. You want to be you want to be found interesting to somebody? Stop talking and let them talk, because there's no better topic that a person will find than to talk about themselves. You want to be liked? Close your mouth and open your ears. Yeah, and, and you know what the crazy thing is too is uh, there's a saying that that goes uh, um, from the Bible, and it's oh I love this saying. It says it says um, uh, you know. People with wisdom accept um, advice, and fools reject it. Yeah, you know, and because the, the the intelligent man, the the person who wants to be truly intelligent, he always listens. He's listening because he's like, "There's no way that I could know it all." So somebody, even whether whether they're lower than me or whether they're above me, you know, what they'll do is. They listen because they're like, he, he might know one thing that I don't know. So he's always listening to other people's advice. The fool, obviously, usually if you look at people now, I'm not talking about anybody in particular, whoever listens to this. But if you look at idiots, every, every one of us knows an idiot in this world. You know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, if you look at the idiot closely, you know, look at the idiot. He'll never, ever accept anybody's advice. And if you don't like accepting anybody's advice, whoever is listening, if you don't like to accept anybody's advice, well, guess what? You're probably one of those idiots that everybody's probably thinking of. If, if, you're, if there's 20 people listening to that podcast and you know, you know 15 of those 20 people. they can't think of anybody, yeah, it's probably you. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and that out of the 15 people, those 15 people are probably thinking, yeah, it's John, you know. You're probably that idiot that doesn't like and, – and if you think of that idiot, think about this. He probably doesn't have a good job, right? He's probably not successful. He's probably got a grudge with his parents, problem in his marriage. You know, People are trying to you – know, he doesn't know how to deal with his kid. His kid is probably the one that is screaming and yelling and throwing fits in the restaurant. And, you know, why? Because he doesn't want to take advice for the child, the, the mother who, who – who, who will tell the child, you know, the, the son, oh, you know, try to do this with your kid. Try to do that, you know. So he, he's yet to learn how to deal with his kid. You know, he doesn't take advice from other couples to how to fix the marriage. He doesn't take advice from the friend who's a business accountant or, or is an accountant to how to uh, economically make decisions in his life. He doesn't take advice from the father to how to be able to, to, to get that job that he's looking for and how to shut his mouth when the manager's talking to him. You know, the fool, the idiot will never take advice. And the intelligent, the wisdom person always listens to it. So, yeah. So, um, you were saying one last note because I know we got we to gotta close real soon. Um, at the beginning of the podcast, you probably heard the, the little uh, light turning on, right? Um, and based on what you were saying right now and what we've been talking about throughout this whole time, uh, reminded me of the myth of the of the cavern. You've heard it. The yeah, I love that. Yeah, um, and it's, and this is something that, that that could be applied right now. And for those of you that don't know, basically, it talks about how we, as a society, 
and I'm paraphrasing, of course. We as a society. Well, 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 first explain to the people what this, the myth of the cat. Say the whole story from beginning to end, you know, and then explain, say what you're gonna say. So don't forget what you're gonna say, Mm -hmm. because nobody knows what the myth of the cavern is. Plato does this sick. Google, man. Yeah. You know, so we're going to save you some time and we're going to, because Fernando is a good storyteller, you know what I mean? So we're going to save you some time. Explain the myth of the cavern because Plato, Plato is one of the, the most intelligent philosophers, I think, you know. I mean, he's still relevant yeah. after like 3,000 years. Yeah, yeah. Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. But anyways, well, hit him with that. So, so basically he talks about uh, the myth uh, starts by uh, describing, describing a scene. There's a, there's a bridge, and uh, on this bridge, there's people passing by. And uh, behind the bridge, there's a, there's a light coming in, and that light is reflecting on a wall. And that wall reflects the people passing by on that bridge, the shadows. But not, you can't necessarily see the people, but you see the shadows. It's just that next to that wall, at the bottom of the wall, there's... Uh, there's a man that is uh, tied by one foot. Well, there's a chained. there's a few men. There's a few men uh, that are chained, um, and all they can, they cannot see the bridge. They cannot see the people going over the bridge. All they can see is the reflection of those people on the wall, the shadows on the wall. And these men have been there for a very long time, to the point where this is the reality. This is the world, the shadows, and that's all they know to be true. And it says that those people live in that world of, of monotony. That's all they know, the, those shadows. They know that they know that the, the sun comes out and that light reflects something. And it says that in order for uh, that that there's that there's one person that used to be on that bridge, that used to be tied there, that has gone out. But, but has been let out by somebody. And that one person has gone out and, and was able to see that bridge, was able to see the people, was able to, to see the, to go outside and, and, he go, and he goes out and he's able to see the light and it burned his eyes. But he was finally able to see. And once he was able to see and he, and he saw that this is reality, he was so compelled that he was led by this quote-unquote philosopher, because Plato was talking about Socrates in the, on, with this, um, that he turns around and he wants to go for his friends to tell them, this is reality, this is the truth, not, not the images on the wall, not, not, the, not the little light. There's more to this. There's more to life than just those images. Come out, come out. And the and the and the guys that were sitting on the bridge were so were so adamant. No, this yeah, the, is the reality. The, the ones that were chained. The ones that were chained. They were like, no, this is reality. Not what you saw. This is reality. To the point where they fight him and they almost want to kill him. And uh, the moral of the story here is that in order for people to be enlightened, they have to allow themselves to 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 be guided through because they're. They don't always know reality. In this world nowadays, it's, it's sitting chained to, to, to a wall, and they're seeing reflections. They're not seeing reality. They're seeing the reflection of the internet, what the internet gives you. They're seeing the reflection of what the newspapers want, want to feed you, because they are so busy in the, in, the, in the gossip and in, the, and in, their, 
and in, their, in, in alienating themselves. A lot, of, um, a lot of modern thinkers used to talk about a society, the moment that society stop looking at themselves as a whole and, and, and stop caring about their future is the moment that society will fall. And I feel like that's where we're at right now. People are so, so, um, so, uh, oh my God, what's the word? Sumbified, let's say, sumbified by, by, by this society, by what, but what society is feeding us, distraction, distractions, distraction, noise, 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 that we're not able to see what's truly reality anymore. We're so, we wake up in the morning, we, we wake up at eight o'clock or seven o'clock, we go to work at eight o'clock, we work eight hours, we get out of work, we get to the house, we watch the news, Fox, whatever, and we, and we eat up whatever they want to, whatever they're feeding us that day. We go to bed and wake up the next morning and because people are no longer searching for, for the truth. And what is the truth? What is the truth, Juan Carlos? Well, say it. Tell them. You're the host. <laughs> Tell them the truth. <laughs> well, in me, the truth is that God exists. The truth is, is that it's more than just us, you know, uh, that deep in, 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 in this existential reality, you know, there's, uh, it's not just us. It's not just this world, you know? So I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the point you were trying to get. Yeah. At. That, that's exactly the point that, that I'm trying to make that uh, there's more to life than just the monotony and, and what's on the web and what's on our phones and what's a, there's more to life. We need to stop looking at all of that and look at what we, what we have. I, fo I follow this guy that uh, he, he, he does videos on YouTube and the first thing that he says is, if you're watching this video, and I'm gonna paraphrase it now, if you're listening to, to this podcast right now, you're winning because that means that you're alive. That means that you have health. That means that you're out there in the world. And that means that there's someone that loves you enough to allow you to be alive. The life that we own, we don't own, a, a, we, don't, we don't own a hair in our head. The fact that we're alive and the fact that we're able to make our own decisions and the fact that we're able to, to select it from B, white from black, whatever, is because not only we're alive, but we're free. And who made us free? That's something that we need to think about because people don't, because of the monotony of the world, we don't sit to think about what's truly important. Because if we sat there and truly saw our lives and measured it, then our decisions and what truly motivates, what truly would be motivating us would be something totally different to what motivates us right now. And we might be able to something that uh, many philosophers used to talk about in, in that people don't talk about anymore. People don't probably know the meaning about this. Transcend. Transcend. To, to not just stay in the material stuff, but transcend. Be able to, to, to go past our, our simple reality and, and, and think and contemplate something bigger. Yeah. Well, what, that goes back to where you were talking about with, um, with Plato's cave, with um, that 
people right now, they're content with seeing the shadows. They don't want to see what is making the shadows because that's more complicated. They don't want to see that it's a person, a person that has thoughts, a person that has, um, you know, that, that, that is made up of things, that, that they're going places, that they have this, that where did this fire come from, where did this sunlight come from that's making these shadows. They'd rather look at the shadows except this is my life, this is what I'm looking at. I don't want to know anything else because then I have to think. I have to, you know, um, go delve into the complicated. And so exactly like Fernando was and, saying, and if, you're you, if, you're, you, oh, go ahead. if you're listening to this, you're taking that step and saying, I want to know, I want to see these, I want to see what's making the shadows. I want to uh, delve into that complication so that I'm not staring at a wall for the rest of my life. And, and the reason why people don't want to leave and, and break free of uh, of this social media of the news and of their to go into their own thoughts or to stop listening to music and to sit in silence is because they're scared that when they confront this reality that this reality might make them suffer right now at this current moment them sitting on social media them doing this them doing that they're uh, numbing their emotions and just what's the first thing they're doing is forgetting forgetting you know, and it's crazy because you, you, you think about this. Facebook was just charged. You know, many people don't know this because nobody Facebook, of course, did not put, post this all over the news. You know, Facebook was just charged with um, filtering news and only allowing you to see, you know, one of the big things that they did was is they filtered out a lot of the pro-life. Right. So if you were against abortions, they filtered that. You know, they filtered out a lot of uh, the, the Donald Trump uh, propaganda to help him grow. You know, so they only they mainly pushed a lot of uh, Hillary Clinton stuff. Um, they filtered, uh, I mean, m multiple things, but this is what they were being charged for. They were being charged for this, for filtering and not being truly, completely uh, unbiased. Right. And you see this CNN or, or I forgot what's the other one. So it's Fox and CNN, right? CNN is all for um, Donald Trump. They're the Republicans. They're all for that. Fox is all for the Democrats, for Hillary, you know? Um, and, and this is crazy because you look at these two things, you know, and, and you think to yourself, you know, if you really stop and were enlightened, you'd be like, yo, like, uh, what, what exactly is the reality of the truth, you know? That's why when I try to listen to things for America, I never listen to CNN. I never listen to Fox News. I listen to, like, outside sources, third party, BBC Radio, you know? Or they're, they're completely, they could care less if we burn to death, you know? <laughs> so they're like, I'm going to say exactly BBC, how. see if you're listening, we know you care. <laughs> yeah, you know? And, 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 and here's the thing is, is, is this, you know, and, and, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of close off with this, you know, is uh, this is the point of, I, I think, three things to be able to make great decisions in your life. Three big things. I think do not. You know, try to have your own opinion, you know, which is internal. You know what I mean? Try to make, allow a, a good morality within your life. Where you're going to find morality, we're going to speak about this in another podcast. Okay? Another episode. But to have a good morality, you need to have, 
in order for you to make a, a good internal decision, you need to have a foundation in your life, uh, uh, something that that has a balance of good and bad, you know, because a moral compass, a moral compass. Exactly. You know, and, and you, you need somebody that has told you this is good. This is bad. This is good. This is bad. You know, and 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 it needs to come from an outside source, you know what I mean? Something that you've seen has affected other people's lives in a great positive way to say, that's a good moral compass. That's a great moral compass. Because if you're going just, let's say, like off of your dad, you know what I mean? And your dad told you all your life, you know, well, to punch somebody's good. You know, that's a great thing. Get into a fight, punch him, beat him up every time. Good, good, good. That's not a great moral compass, you know? So you need something that has affected thousands, that has withstood generations and years and thousands of years of bringing up a good moral compass what your dad is there to provide you with is character exactly you know i don't think the moral compass no because i think as fathers we're not the greatest you know we make mistakes yes we make mistakes that's the truth you know so you can't use us more or less as a moral compass second you need the great external right this internal external thing that you had spoke about you need a great external you know, so you have to be able to learn how to um, uh, make a great decision in your life, not according to what are the norms of society, because the norms of society constantly changes. And when it constantly changes, are you going to constantly change? No. You know, or, you know, if, if as we spoke about the Joneses, you know, this movie, are you going to constantly do what? the rest of the world does you know as they always say you know if they jump off a bridge are you going to jump off a bridge i know i know that gets annoying as hell to hear but it's true you know so an external decision you know to not let external sources affect you but to make external sources uh, make your decision on an external way but so that it can be in help for the other that's how the external decision more or less always needs to be made you know that it's not them affecting my decision, but my ex my decision being an external one so that I can help them. It can be for the better, you know? Don't let the external change your internal. Let your internal change your external. Exactly, you know? So, um, I mean, uh, this is something, you know, that you should share. Share this podcast. If you're listening, this is going to be the first episode. If you're listening to this podcast, use that Facebook that you have. I don't have a Facebook as the first podcast can more or less kind of guide you towards. But if you're listening to this, text this. Text this to somebody. Um, take this podcast. Share it. Post it up on Facebook. Post it up wherever it is that you can post it up. If this affected you in a good way and you like this, these podcasts, as, as, as you hear in that intro... My hope is that I can, some of us don't even have a light bulb in our head. The point of this, that, that intro was to screw in a light bulb, to put a light bulb in there first, and then turn it on, and then not only just turn it on, illuminate other people. The point of the light bulb is so that you could take this intelligence and use it to guide other people. You know, when you're in the middle of the dark, you take this light bulb, this candle, more or less to say, and you walk around, not so you can guide yourself out, by yourself out of this woods of the dark or this dark mansion but is to be able to help take 10 other people that are stuck inside of this darkness take 10 other people with this light and guide 10 other people out with you so 
subscribe, 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 subscribe. Because the more you subscribe to this podcast, the more it's going to trend. The more it trends, the more people listen to it. The more people listen to it, the more people are illuminated. Share this podcast. So, Leslie and Fernando, thank you. We'll be back. So, multiple. Thank you for having us. Multiple, multiple times I'm going to have you guys back because there's so many other things that I want to talk about that you you two and have so much knowledge about um and 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 i choose certain people because i do know other people who are psychologists and i listen to what they say and uh the greatest leading psychologists you know they're not this whole internal all about me 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 they have what you more or less are are thinking and um i want to be able to get people that are guiding towards growing bettering humanity for the good in in an illuminated way so thank you for coming and uh being part of this podcast you know you'll you'll probably hear uh fernando and leslie maybe four or five podcasts out in into you know these these episodes but you i'll have you guys here constantly you know you are uh they're they're great friends of mine and so yeah so With this, we'll sign out. God bless.